Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. Let's bring on Kevin Kincaid. A lot to talk about. A packed show today. Temple men's basketball player Ryan Sayers will be on in about 15 minutes to talk Houston versus Temple. Huge game this week, Kev. The Owls are going for first in the uh, biggest game. Biggest NBA game in the next two weeks. Biggest, biggest game in the next two weeks in Philadelphia. That's what they were. That's what they're saying. The biggest game to ever happen on. When did the Eagles win the Super Bowl? February. Yeah. Six. Did they win February? Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Biggest game in Philadelphia since twenty eighteen. No, no, no. Biggest game ever on February six in Philadelphia. I'm saying. No, it's um, was it February six. Okay. I don't know. Actually, it's. I don't even know if it's February six. We'll figure that out. Anyway. Let's. We got a, a ton to talk about before Ryan comes on. Um, the goat. I don't think he's going to retire. And I'm talking about Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham coming out uh, does not want to retire. I wonder. I, I wonder if Brandon Graham will retire if they win it at all. I didn't get the full quote, but it seems like he wants to come back. He was playing on a one year deal. Obviously, he had the Achilles or the ACL. I forget what it was the year before. Achilles shafted. In the comeback player of the year awards, what do you think about BG wanting to come back? And do you think the Eagles will pay? I think he's thirty three, could be thirty four. Do you think they'll pay a thirty four defensive end who had a career year? He's going to take a veteran minimum. Then why the hell not? You know, um, he's had his career high in sacks. He should have been on the comeback player of the year list. Yeah, why not, man? I, I you know, I mean, you know me. It's like you. Uh, you got the rest of your life to sit around and do nothing with your kids, you know? So sit around on your ass, you know, be old and decrepit, you know? So you might might as well uh, keep playing now if, if you feel like you can play at a high level. I don't know. I mean, it would it'd be weird. He'd be one of those people who um, I could see him going and playing like one year for another team and it just being really weird for him. And then like kind of like a, a Joe That's Montana fun. on the Chiefs. Yeah, we like weird shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is. Oh, I thought this was a good idea. I got my taste, and then I'm like out of here. You know? I can yeah, this it. was the Brandon Graham quote. My wife had said it could potentially be my last year as an Eagle because of my one year deal, but I want to play a couple couple more years. I hope everything works out, but I'm definitely playing. That was on the Zach Gelb show. Um, yeah, I would take BG back. What I really want to talk about BG is like he's he's had a better career than Earl Thomas, right? Can we say that? Or is that still? <laughs> You still have that. No, no, that was the ultimate like stupid revisionist draft history thing because at the end of the day, they both won Super Bowls, you know, and they're yeah. both great players, you know. So I, I, yeah, I mean, if we we can do the comparison, should we do an Earl Thomas and Brandon Graham side by side thirteen years later? I mean, I guess we could do that exercise, but no, I, that's a. So I thought all that shit was just so stupid because they both ended up being really good, you know. Each so, has one Super Bowl. Yeah. Each Earl had Thomas two. should have had two. Thomas should have had two. Should have had two, yeah. but they don't ask how. They ask how many. Um, BG, career defensive year at 33 years old. Earl Thomas out of the league. BG has never been caught up in a scandal where he was having sex, allegedly, with his brother in an orgy in some random <laughs> house in Texas. Yeah. Um, so yeah. point BG there. Allegedly. Uh, and, and, the, and BG's wife or girlfriend has never come with a loaded pistol and threatened to kill BG. Another yeah. point BG there. Um, so I would actually say, you know what? Brandon Graham coming out smelling like roses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you, <laughs> when you go into the, uh, you know, the uh, <laughs> allegations of, uh, or the off field allegations, you know, uh, possible misconduct there. Right. I think you have to hand it to Brandon Graham, but uh, mm-hmm. 
yeah, would, uh, would he be the biggest NFL retirement this year? Would you give it to Tom Brady? Where were you when Tom <laughs> Brady uh, retired for the second time? Ozzy Osbourne and Tom Brady retiring for the second time on the same day. Yeah, so, so wasn't, Tom, wasn't ready to wake up to that. Yeah. So if anyone didn't see this uh, on Good Morning Football yesterday, Sean O'Hara had an awesome quote. Former New York Giant Sean O'Hara, who played most of his uh, – his career in New York, he compared uh, Tom Brady to a, a, a where where were you when moment. And he was like, this is like 9-11. This is like the JFK assassination. I will always remember where I was. Here's the clip if Craig can play it. Brady announced his official retirement. And it sounds like this one, uh, this is a, a huge moment, not just for Tom Brady, not just for the NFL, but like for all of us. You know, look. Uh, people remember where they were when JFK was assassinated. You remember where you were in 9-11. Can I tell you something? Can I interrupt you real quick? His first start was a week after 9-11. That's how long ago he's been playing. <laughs> I was. I came out in the same year as him, 2000, and he's still playing. 23 years. That's a long time. But I, I'm going to remember this. Like, I'm going to remember who I'm, I'm with. Uh, Kyle's going to remember gonna, he was in Vegas. Um, I'm going to remember. You're going to remember where you were when Tom Brady announced his official retirement. And it sounds like this one's for real. This is a, a huge moment. Kev. Not just for Tom Brady, not yeah. just for the NFL, but like for all of us. You know, look. Where were you? <laughs> uh, I think I was in my bed uh, wiping crusties out of my fucking eye when Tom Brady retired. Um, I think I was, at, I was sitting at a traffic light on the Sumneytown Pike <laughs> after dropping my kids off and I saw the notification and said, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, back to the car pickup line. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to remember this. For the rest, like, where was I? Like, Kyle Brandt? He was in Vegas at the Pro Bowl? Jamie Erdahl, she was sitting wow. next to me. I'm with Jason McCourty. I'm with Pete Schrager. Did Schrager? Do you think Schrager's tried to um, tried to give him a bone? Like, hey, tried hey, to yeah. Bone. yeah. He tried to give him a lifeline there. Like, hey, let me interrupt you before you get too far ahead of your, uh, you know, whatever, wherever this is going here. Yeah, where were you when Tom Brady retired? Well, who gives a shit? Because the other 30 teams that he didn't play for, they all hated him. So, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. 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 I, I'm just thinking of like you know that famous picture of uh, of George Bush learning about the towers being hit. And the guy yeah. whispering in his ear. Yeah. I'm just thinking about like, sir, a second Tom Brady retirement has hit the tower. Like that's all I could think about. Like oh, the way yeah. they, the way they talk about this, it's like, hey, dude, it's a QB who retired. Like he didn't get his, yeah. he didn't get his head blown off. Like, no, no, this is not JFK. This is not 9/11. It's not Pearl Harbor. You know, it's not. What did people do before? What did people do before 9/11? Was it was it Pearl Harbor? Like was Ahmad Rashad on NBA Inside Stuff and being like, Michael Jordan has retired. I'll always remember where I was, just like I remembered when the Challenger was exploding. Like what Challenger, Challenger, Princess Diana. I remember Mm -hmm. that was a big thing. Um, Cold War stuff. You know, where were you? (laughs) Cold War when Sputnik went into orbit. You know, where were you? Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not even born yet, but um, Saigon fell. Man, who could forget that? Yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, there's some big stuff there. Uh, none of those things have anything to do with uh, or Tom Brady should not be compared to any of those <laughs> those things. <laughs> the OJ, yeah, this is a good one. OJ Simpson, where were you when the white Ford Bronco was rolling down the? Uh, I'll tell you a story about the OJ Simpson trial. It's like the biggest thing on the planet back in like 1994 or whatever, right? So we would our my friend's mom would take us to the uh, the Boyertown pool. Uh, mm. like every day that summer and she brought like a boom like an old school boom box with her that you know I had to put batteries in it or whatever and she would listen and she'd be sitting there like tanning at the Boyertown pool while we'd all be swimming and she'd be listening to the OJ Simpson trial oh. on the on the radio at the Boyertown pool so things were mu- much more simple in Berks County back in 1994 I'm sure there were some opinions on that trial up in Boyertown 
Yeah, I think there was a certain amount of bias probably in, in uh, one direction, but I can't speak for that. I think I was eight years old. So, Where were you when OJ trial was going on? I was in the Boyertown pool in the shallow end. <laughs> what would she do when, during Adult Swim? Would she still... She, she would go. She would go in the pool, yeah, and then we would listen to the OJ trial on mm. the thing. We didn't know what the hell was going on. Though. I mean, we're like eight years old, you know. Who's Johnny Cochran, you know? So, uh, <laughs> OJ trial is one that I wish, you know, like every. I do obviously a lot of like man on the street videos and stuff. Like yeah. OJ trial would have been a fun one. Going down the city man on the street OJ man trial. The street at the OJ trial. <laughs> the, uh, By the way, I just have to say that the uh, I know the audio was like screwed up on the last one, but it was like apropos, man. It was almost like it. It, it was. It had to be like that, you know. It was just, I think, a uh, an illustration of the uh, craziness of of down. You had some quite some characters, man. You had Alt Right Shark, Alt Right Shark, then, yeah, do Alt Right Shark, do 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 to do Alt Right Shark, do do Alt Right Shark, do do to do to do Alt Right Shark. He's gonna do like a million views on uh, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it's like already up to like eight hundred and fifty thousand views in like less than twenty four hours. It's kind of wild. Go follow. Yeah, the chick, and you had the chick too with the forty one to thirty three. Yeah, lip, lip tattoo. I would have got her number if I wasn't married. She is probably the most eligible bachelorette in in Philadelphia right now. Yeah, People were going right. nuts for that woman. Yeah, um, I didn't even see. Lip. I didn't even see her. Craig got her. So shout oh, out to really? Craig. Oh, yeah, okay. Craig. Craig got her when I was, yeah. I guess, parading around doing whatever I was doing. That's what um, I. Well, that's what I. That's what I call wife material, right there. Then the one guy or one girl whose grandfather's ninety six years old, he's gonna die soon. We need him to hold on for two weeks or one year or whatever yeah. it is. Um, yeah, I mean, just a lot of characters. The guy who said "fuck your droughts, fuck your earthquakes." Fuck your- <laughs> I like, the, I like the, the guy who too was talking about smoking on all the 49ers packs too. Oh, you want to do play not that? do not play the audio in this, Craig. For the yeah. love of God. Oh, are Please. we going to get uh, well, just, We can just talk about over the back. Look how intense these people. I love the guy who's just naming various 49ers. We smoking on that Brock Purdy pack. We smoking. And the guy's telling him, keep going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was great too. The 48, 47, fuck 48, yeah. 50. But fuck 49. Yeah. I, um, I loved how he said, we smoking on that George Seifert pack. Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> George- know who that was. <laughs> George Seifert was the coach of the 49ers. <laughs> Why not like Joe Montana? Yeah, there he is. We're smoking on the George Seifert pack, you know? We okay. smoking on that Ricky Waters pack, even though we had him. <laughs> Don't show Ernest Owens this video, by the way. You know? Yeah, I know. How about that, man? Like, I, I actually, I, I should tweet at him, just be like, hey, man, you're so right about this. Nobody, yeah. no, yeah. it was all white people that were this just guy hanging too. out down there. Yeah, this guy too. He's like, I don't even give a fuck about sports. And he's like, What is he drinking? Like a hurricane, a forty of like hurricane or something? Yeah, Bud Light. Yeah, Budweiser. Bud, like Bud uh, forty. He played. He definitely played forty hands back in the day. Where you taped the bottle to your hand, and you had, had to drink the whole thing. Just like mongrels everywhere, man. Look at that. Oh, beautiful, beautiful mongrels. The best. It, it, it was easy. And it was fun. <laughs> People just yelling. I was going to say, how did you end? How did you end up with eye eye black on your, uh, you know, there? How? uh, But what was this inarticulate white girl noise? But what what was the scene like? Was it like uh, in in the area where? Okay, so this is like you look like you're pretty close to City Hall. Yeah, so we were we we probably went between Chestnut and Walnut the whole time. Chestnut Walnut couldn't really get close to City Hall. City Hall was insane until the end when people started to clear out. City Hall was wild. It was just really cool because. Like the energy would kind of like lower and mm-hmm. then like all of a sudden someone would start a chant and then everyone would get like 
fired up again. Like around, Uh-oh. like we were out there like seven o'clock, stayed around till about 10. And like, you know, the energy started to die around like eight, eight thirty. And then like we found this random pocket around like Walnut Street and mm-hmm. people were just like had these huge boom boxes and these huge amps on the back of the, on their backs and stuff playing out all like Bluetooth speakers and, and everything. People, someone did Dreams and Nightmares, someone did an Eagles chant, someone did uh, yeah. Wanna Rock by Lil Uzi. And it would just kind of just, you know, get the uh, get everybody going. But everyone was awesome, man. I think the polls were more greased than they've ever been greased. Did they, you see? So so what I was going to say is, did you like was there like bad behavior around like where you no. were, like, people destroying shit or no? I mean, people like spray painted the the ground like go birds and stuff like that was like probably the craziest thing. Oh. And then obviously you had like beer cans and shit and everything. Yeah, um, we, we had one guy who just did not like crossing broad, which I didn't even understand why he never really gave us a reason. Yeah. But man, he reached for the camera and Craig, very docile kind of guy, very like like doesn't let things like bother him, kind of lets things roll off his back. Mm-hmm. I thought Craig was gonna put a stake through this kid's heart. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I've never seen Craig react like that before. Just I mean, Craig is a very, very uh, you know, normal guy until you touch his camera and he's like, I will murder your family. Wow. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, we've got some well, we've certainly have some uh adversaries out there for sure. Not not that I would think that a random guy would try to grab the camera or whatever at some point you know but uh good for uh good for craig man you know yeah, good for craig craig Hopefully after craig though craig doesn't write anything about anybody leave leave craig alone you know people love craig yeah yeah people craig. love craig let, let craig be craig like if you want to come after me if you want to come after peg and that's fine but like leave, leave. <laughs> whoa 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 you sit in lansdale bro i'm out in the public eye all right i can't be no you look at the latest there. story you just did for the site you got the climate uh you got the fracking people who are coming after you oh, yeah they're mad at me yeah i'm a climate i'm a climate change denier but hey you know what happens you know yeah. you, you know cast your first stone like Fred yeah. Warner's wife, cast your first stone when you have glass yeah. houses. He, at, he at, who casts the, the first piece of flagstone that we're fracking <laughs> in central Pennsylvania. I don't rem- I don't remember how the saying goes, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It just seemed like, you know, it's like rowdy, but it, it seemed like for the most part, you know, the only thing that really got publicized was um, the thing that got publicized the most, I guess I would say, is when the they fell through the when those people mm-hmm. fell through the septa bus thing or whatever but aside from that one incident with the cops like that i didn't really see a follow-up on it seemed like everybody was everyone was great. like everybody did a pretty good good job everyone was being, awesome everyone was ready. so happy everyone wanted to just party some more and stuff but then we got you know get, you get the three dispersed call and you're kind of like hey you know time time to go time to, um time to yeah all right we have our guest on right now ryan sayers temple men's basketball uh he's got class at one so let's get him on here. <laughs> He's a college kid, you know? <laughs> Bring him on. It's student athlete, Kev. I was going to say the exact same thing. Student <laughs> comes before athlete. Athlete, yeah. It doesn't matter about NIL anymore. It doesn't matter about D1. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know? That is <laughs> true. Table comes, but. Yeah, that is true. So Ryan Sayers, Temple Men's Basketball, Um Walk on junior year out of ONJ Roberts, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, right? Pottsville. That's right. That's Pottstown. 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 Pottsville is the one where Yingling is. It's in the it's up in uh Schuylkill County. Pac yeah. 10 guy. Used to be a Pac 10 guy. For, I used to be a Pac 10 guy. Went to Lansdale Catholic. Then we got out of there. Uh we should have never left. Um, but hey, thanks for joining the show and we really appreciate it. And uh we really just want to talk to you, you know, kind of like, you know, your walk on man, like. 
you got a, as important job as anyone. Like, are you like a glue guy? You think in the locker room, or you think like you're, you know, I saw your GPA three point nine five, so you're a GPA booster, which is very important. Like, what's kind of uh, what's kind of your role on the team, and 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 what's so important? What's the most important thing you think about your job? Like you said, you know, just being a glue guy, kind of the guy who can just do everything. And uh, what I what I maybe what I don't do on the court and uh, during the games, I still help our team get to the where we're trying to go behind the scenes, in the locker room, on the practice court. I'm a member of the scout team. So mm-hmm. we're getting ready for Houston, and I'm emulating one of the players. And, uh, you know, so just doing all those kinds of things in practice and uh, the guy who won't say no to anything, you want to come in and work out at night, I'll be there. Sure. I'll work out with you. Uh, and I'll do my extra work so that I can help push our guys to get to where they need to go so that when it comes on, on the court, you know, I can – I see guys like Hasir Miller having a great season. And I know that, well, I worked with him all summer. You know, I was trying to guard him full court all summer. And I, I know that that made him better. So that's, that's, I feel that sense of pride in there. Dude, how awesome is scout team? It's so much fun. Yeah. You know, it's like the ultimate green light. It's yeah. uh, it's fantastic. Oh, when you're like, when you're like, Hey, Ra, you're going to be the shooter this, this week. <sighs> Please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're just going to run off screens and practice and everything. We need you to emulate the shooter. You got that's a green cool, light man. all practice. um so this season it's yeah i think for yeah it's been all it's been all over the place you know you guys have awesome wins houston a couple weeks ago villanova was awesome rushed the court uh ruckers was a great win um and then we've had obviously you know wagner Maryland Eastern Shore, but that happens now we're eight and two in the uh in the conference we're going for first this week sunday six o'clock against houston number three in the nation coming to the league course center go buy your tickets now um I'm a Temple alumni, and like you know, so one time I'll be like, I'll text my buddies and be like, I'm over this this damn team. And then another time, like you guys have a huge win against UCF, and I'm like, I don't care if they go 500. This is a tournament team, and everyone thinks they're a tournament team. Um, why why have you guys been so successful? You think in the conference this year? Well, those losses early on kind of they hurt so much because of how much work we put in uh, over the summer, and then we get out there and you can kind of maybe other teams were thinking that the book is out on this team, that you can just be physical with them. You can beat them on the glass. And now as we've gone into conference play, we've started to just completely turn that on its head. Now we're going to be the team that out physicals and out rebounds other teams. And we're going to get after you on the defensive end. And that mindset has just totally flipped from earlier in the year. And that's why, um, you know, we, we already knew that we had the talent, but it's just that extra gear that, um, you know, just being an absolute dog on the court that has really changed for us. And that all started with guys like Damian Dunn, just mm-hmm. totally turning it up on the defensive end. He spent so much time earlier in the season, a great score. And even though his scoring may have gone down a tick, I mean, he's doing everything on the court that we need him to. Being a facilitator, he had those two huge passes to Millie last game for dunks. And that's just kind of emulated what he's been for us as a leader this year. And uh, so it's funny how seeing how much a different of a team that we are against a team like UMES or Wagner, maybe we're playing down to our competition, and then we come out against Houston, Nova, Rutgers, and we're playing at such a higher level. And mm-hmm. so now we're starting to – I think we're starting to be way more consistent and we're taking that mentality and just keeping it, um, you know, turned up to 100 at all times. 
Yeah. Did you think there was some pressure on the guys before the season? Because this is probably the best team that we've we've seen on paper since like 2015, 2016. Yeah. I mean, of course there's pressure, but I mean, yeah. it's nothing that we don't put on ourselves. I mean, the pressure from the outside is absolutely nothing compared to the standard that we hold each other to and the standard that our coaches hold us to. And so the outside noise, it really, really doesn't mean too much to us, I don't think. Ryan, what's it like uh, playing for Aaron McKee? I love it. I love it. He's he, like I just said, accountability is what he's all about. He's come in. He's his fingerprints are all over this program. The culture that he's uh, created for us, and he's just the kind of guy who's approachable. But you know that you have to be on top of your game every single time he's in the room. And he's for him to set that standard for this program has just been tremendous for us. Not only that. But he's also, you know, still got it on the court himself. We, I just actually just came from the gym. We play pickup four or five times a week. Coach still got it. Oh my god! I mean, he's the best passer in in any gym he walks into. Still, and <laughs> is he still dunking? No, come on. Okay, I just want. Uh, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. He's doesn't need to. Fade away yeah. jumpers, and I mean, not much anybody can do about it. A little old school YMCA old man game a little bit. Does he play between the threes, or does he get in the? Does he get down on the block with you guys? Both. Okay. You know, know, now that we have Jalen Bond on the staff, I think his game has started to, you know, he's not just going to bully him down on the post. But once he gets that switch, he has no problem doing it. You know, if he has me on me, me on him, he'll just walk me down to the right block, take two dribbles, and then turn over his shoulder and shoot. And I know it's coming. There's absolutely nothing I can do. Yeah, it's it's terrible. See, when Uh, you get older, you don't play harder, you play smarter. You yeah. just like you just go to your bread and butter, like, and you know, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know it works, and you know what, what what doesn't work. Hey, what, um, Ryan, what do you make of the, um, what do you make of the Big Five scene in general right now, and just the popularity of the teams are kind of like the the status of the of the Big Five throughout the the region in general. You know, it's it was a little it was a little bit disappointing this year. Uh, we had that huge win against Nova with a great crowd, and then I thought that that would have really boosted the popularity and a lot of what a lot of locals coming out to maybe a game like Temple and St. Joe's. We had a great crowd that game, a great student crowd, but maybe not the turnout from the locals and from the city as a whole that we probably would have liked. Um, and now seeing the changes, I, I don't think, you know, maybe they're going, it's an experiment and yeah. I don't really want to say anything about it, I but. I mean, it could it could be good. Anything to get it more uh, more popularity and get more eyeballs on this program, uh, because I think that we can play a really exciting brand of basketball, and the more people out there that want to watch, it would be the best. What's your plans? Because you're a senior right now, right? Do you, yes, uh, are, you do you are you planning on doing like a, a fifth year? You know, or um, are you planning on wanting to go coaching? Or I, I know you're a risk major. You want to go do insurance? I, I, I used know. to be a risk major. I'm now a finance major. We got to update um, your bio. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. No, no, you're, it's uh, not your fault. We'll, we'll talk to TM, the, whoever runs the TUMBB Hoops account. We'll tell him not to update my GPA because I'll leave that there. Because yeah, uh, as you said it earlier, might have gone down a little bit. We don't need to talk about it. It's okay. But um, it's been a real mild winter. I'm sure there's a lot of fun going on out there. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm gonna be graduating. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna come back yet or not. Uh, still haven't made that decision. Right now, I'm looking for work wherever I can wherever I can find it. And, uh, you know, I'm just testing the, testing the water. So I'm really not really sure. How's the job market out there? Uh, dry. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
No, there's a lot of great opportunities, though, if you know where to look. I mean, I certainly have a lot of connections given where I am right now. And I want to stay in the city and because uh, why would I want to go anywhere else, really? I really want to stay. And, uh, you know, it's just trying to find uh, the right fit out there is, isn't as easy as I thought it would be. But, you know. Listen, we've all been there. I was 22 years old and I didn't get a job, I think, till six months after college. So you'll be fine. Um. <laughs> I got I got you know, one more for you. Uh, the world. Yeah, so be so be honest. You know, you guys are playing UCF. You have a whole week of practice mm-hmm. before you play Houston. Were you guys kind of like in the locker room pregame, like we got to beat UCF or we got to at least play them very hard, or coach is going to run us like dogs Monday and Tuesday? Because I I used I played D three ball one year. Shout out Washington College, not to brag, hundreds of from the field. Uh, but dude, when we used to be like. When we used to have like a long layoff between games and like we lost to a team that we shouldn't have lost to, I'm not saying you shouldn't have lost to UCF, they're a good team. We knew practice the next day, like all you could think about in like communications 101 was like, I'm going to die today. Was that, was that a thought process you guys had in Orlando? I mean, sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but, you know, it's like we talk about all the time. Every game right now is just do or die, you know, mm-hmm. so it's. It's like I said before, just everybody. We all know what's at stake here, playing for first place. We knew if we win this game, that Houston game is going to be for first place. Not So we're, we weren't looking too far ahead. We just knew we needed to get the job done right now. And and now and we did it. I mean, it wasn't the prettiest, but we did it. And so now we've got a chance to play a great team at home and uh, for first place. And yeah, I'm sure on the back of everybody's mind was if we don't get this, we're gonna have six three minute runs at practice. Ooh, is that what it is right now? Three minute runs. We were big, uh, not suicides. Um, what's the ones where you go cross court? Sixteens. Uh, Sixteen. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. So it's it's similar. We run we run sixties, which is uh, we, it's ten up and backs full length of the court, and this three minute run is you have to do those lengths in twenty seven of them, three minutes. Twenty seven up and back in three minutes. That's right. Nah, no, nope. oh, man, not me. Oh, they're they fun. don't even. Did you guys have to do the beep test at, at all? Pacer test? Yeah, yeah. 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 We yeah. didn't have to do it here, but yeah. you know, elementary school. Yeah. That, yeah, it's funny because the the Philadelphia Union used to do that every year when the players came back and they replaced yeah. the beep test now with just a five minute run. So oh. you just run as far as you can in five. I like. <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds like torture because it's like open. Yeah. It's open ended or whatever. But oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez. I like right. the finish line. I'll tell what you class that. you going to? Class, <laughs> oh, I got a global business policies. Nice. What are you learning? It's a great question. Yeah, global, global business last, last class we built, we got in groups and we built towers out of Tinker Toys. I love it. College. I love it. 20, 20, 20 25 grand a year, baby. Let's build some Tinker Toys. I love it. I love it. No, I had the greatest. I had the greatest class ever. We it was like a geology class. I just needed to graduate. We just watched disaster movies the whole time. College. Oh is bad. god, oh. disasters in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I saw that on. That was a gen ed that I almost took. All right, if you get a chance, I don't know how much you know more credits you need. Take it. Real easy. Watch Pompeii. Get an A. Get the hell out of there. But right, thanks so much, Ben. We'll see you on Sunday. Everybody listening. Temple versus Houston, number three in the nation. Here comes an upset. We're going for first in the conference. Thanks so much for uh, for coming on, Rye. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Back man. Time. Thanks. You going, Kev? You coming all the way from Burst County or Lansdale to uh... <laughs> to the Lake Horse? Yeah. No, nah, nah. I um, 
We got the Super Bowl the weekend after, man. This is going to be my my break. I'm going to take the kiddos out and do something. You know, try to enjoy not having a sinus infection for the first time in like three months. By the way, I got to give you a little, um, got to make a correction for you here. Uh-oh. Um, you opened that uh, segment by saying you're a Temple alumni. Alumnus? Uh, you are an alumnus. That's right. You are not an alumni. I think that... Um, what uh, should happen at every college graduation is that they should teach people the difference between all of those. So if you are a man who graduates from college, you're an alumnus. If you are a woman who graduates from college, you are an alumna. If you are a group of women, you are alumnae. And if you are a group of men or a group of men and women, you are alumni. So there's your um, little lesson. Now, now let's get it back to the eagles holy shit yeah so this actually just came out here was a video from i think barstool philly i see it on philadelphia eagles nation it's jonathan gannon and his and his what that looks like a g-wagon saying we're gonna fucking gut these guys before the 49ers in the what? nfc championship <laughs> wait this can't be Let's fucking go! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, Let's go. go. Yes. Let's, Let's go. Jonathan Gannon. Yes. Dude, he... he wow. I He doesn't, like... I'm sure, There was another thing that, like, he's, like, a very, like, emotional guy, I feel like, but he doesn't come off like that. Like, he just seems like he's just, like, wants to, like, kill like just kill and i i I feel like it's taken him everything in his in his fiber and his being to probably not go after like the sports radio guys who just like call for his job at eight and one and stuff after seeing that video god i fucking love jonathan gannon i mean i i was already in in q uh q gannon i was already the the q uh gannon yeah q gannon right but uh that makes me like him even more and they were able to they've been gutting teams all year long with soft zones Oh, I you love know? that. Pulling up in the hardtop G-Wagon yeah, and just saying, we're going to fucking gut these guys before the 49ers game. Oh, What's 10% what in- more aggressive than – what's 10% more violent than gutting, like eviscerating? We're going to eviscerate these. <laughs> Seth Joyner on uh, the Jacob Post game show. Yeah, they gutted San Francisco, but if they were 10% more aggressive, they would have ripped their intestines out of their – <laughs> undercarriage or something. I don't know. I don't know what that area Holy is called. Midsection. You know, so. That just pumped me up. That wow. just pumped me up. You know, what this, you know what this week has been, really? On the website. We'll do all the Super Bowl stuff next week, really. But it's just been like um, thing after thing after thing of like like complaining Niners fans or you know people talking about how the Eagles fans were shitty. You know, we had uh, – Fred Warner's wife complaining about the birds. Like, I, I mean, it was just like, like non stop. Said the guy wanted Brock, Pur- uh, wanted Hassan Reddick yeah. to apologize to Brock, Brock Purdy for uh, knocking him out of the game. I mean, take your pick, man. Well, let, yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about Fred Warner's wife because it, it's, it's kind of an interesting story now because she has a whole TikTok where she was like, uh, people were throwing stuff at me. They were rioting after, uh, the game, so I wanted to get out of there. One guy who was like standing in line for concessions, like saw a red purse and supposedly got in her face. I'm like, I, I mean, I know Eagles fans can be mongrels and stuff, but like the tickets were going for like eight hundred dollars, six hundred dollars a head. Like, 
I think some of the season ticket holders are Mongols, and obviously that's an endearing term we always use for people in Philadelphia. But it's like I don't think I don't think I've ever met an Eagles fan who saw like a little red clutch purse where you carry like change in and like your cell phone and has gone and, and, and went nuts like like saw red and like wanted to get in someone's face because someone had a, a red phone background or something like that. Like I just I, I that's that's the most unbelievable part, I think, of the whole story. And then it came out today where she was on The Bachelor like a couple of years back. Mm hmm. And supposedly she told the story that she had to like that she like ate lunch in the bathroom, which is like the classic like I was bullied in high school kind of story. Um, now, she went to school in Alabama. She said there was also some racial things and stuff. She is half black. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. But once again, like stuff that like you can't corroborate and everything like were these people so bad at the link and. You know, is she telling the truth about how she really sat in the in the bathroom while she ate lunch? Because there was a, a woman who came out who had a yearbook from high school and like this, this Sydney Warner girl from like one beauty pageants was there with like friends and pictures and stuff like it just it, the the scene. The crime didn't fit the scene really is what is what it means. So it's like, is she is she just like making this shit up, too? Because I don't know. I don't I don't understand. I mean, I, I've never seen it, so I, I can never be like, yeah. Well, it's like the guy, it's like the San Francisco radio hosts who are from 95.7 out there and uh, they're in Odyssey Station too. So they were broadcasting from 2400 Market in the WIP studios and like they were talking about how the Eagles fans like fake gangsters and scumbag lowlifes and whatever other description you want to use there. But then there's like pictures of them in the like in the parking lot the day before where it seemed like it was just rudimentary. You know, I, I think like with a lot of these things, there's probably something that happened, but then it kind of gets like exaggerated a little bit. So there's probably like, like a game like, of telephone kind of. There's probably like a baseline truth to some of these things, but like it was probably just some guy getting in somebody's face and telling them to fuck off or something. Then that gets blown up into like, I don't know, like they were the worst people in the world. I was like, you know, physically harmed or something. I don't know. It seems like a lot of this stuff just kind of gets exaggerated it's and blown out of proportion. That's not me making excuses for some fans are saying this stuff doesn't happen because it does but i think like these things just tend to take on a life of their own and like the one guy said that he got spit on like if somebody spit on you Peggy, would you not turn around and clock him right in the face yeah, fuck yeah like yeah. that's the thing. I don't like, know, like like what person standing there is claiming that they got spit on but they did nothing about it i was thinking if an eagles fan saw another eagles fan spit on somebody they would kind of be like dude what the fuck is your problem like, i think they would do that too i mean because look you you um Oh God, what was the example that I, there was an example of like, um, man, when I was, it was like 10 years ago and I was at my first TV station, there's something that happened in Kensington where they, their, the neighborhood just got together and beat the shit out of this guy. Cause he was like accused of doing something, you know, but like they, they will, they will exhibit like street, street justice, you know? I mean, like they will, you know, do the Eagles fan version of like a citizen's arrest or something, you know, and like, like call people out. And I don't, I like, I don't. People talk about like these, like what was the crowd standing there, all like cheering on some guy who allegedly spit on somebody? I don't know. It just, I, I like just stuff just like gets gets blown out of proportion a little bit. You know? I, I've done a lot of research, and and I'm gonna send this video over to Craig. Craig, don't play the audio, but here's the uh, here's the um, the guys from 95.7 The Game walking through Jetro. Um, I've I've done a lot of research where like I go to these lots and stuff, and you see everybody like. I've never seen more than just like a boo and a fuck you. 
Like that's really all I've never seen it ever come close mm-hmm. to like escalating to like blows between anybody. These you guys didn't, were, you were, people people weren't throwing like did you see anybody throwing stuff? At, dude, there, at, were, uh, there was a whole Giants tailgate in Jetro right up the stairs in in, in Emmer N lot. And yeah. these dudes, no one bothered those dudes. And there was a there was a huge, you know, RV tailgate right across the street. Everyone was just watching the Kansas City Chiefs Jacksonville game. And everyone was cooking and everyone was, you know, having fun. And, and the Giants are way more rivals than uh than the 49ers will ever be. But like the extent is, of what you've you've seen being down there this year is just like verbal yeah. stuff and people yelling, yelling at them, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I was down there for like two games this year, the Vikings game and for the uh, for this game. But like even the Vikings stuff, like there wasn't many Vikings fans there, but like the ones that were there, like it's always a boo or a fuck you. Yeah, fuck and it's you. never come close. And it, and when it did and if it ever did, and I'm trying to think if there ever was one, but like just being there even before doing, you know, man on the street and stuff like if everyone, everyone ever like stepped to a, a fan and was like kind of being a dick, like. Eagles fans are kind of like, yo, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, get the fuck back. Like, this is it's a football game in the end. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. I want to talk about Craig. Sorry, pull that up again. I want to talk about the 95-7 guys. These are the guys who called uh, the don't play the audio. Um, these are the guys who called us fake gangsters and scumbag, scumbag, low life Eagles fans. If you watch this video. They're parading around Jetro in like a 30 person group of 49ers fans. Mm-hmm. They're and they're not trying to like it's not like they're walking to the game because you can't get out the exit here. When um fast forward a little bit, Craig. Um, if you see it right here, like they're going up that little that little hill that Jetro has. Yeah, that's and, not going towards the stadium. That's not going there's there's no exit back there. Like you have yeah. to make a right and go down there to go to the exit. You have to go all the way around and come back to an exit to get out of there. So basically you're telling me you're filming this in a you're parading. Some guy in the front has a sign. I think there was a flag at one point. You're parading basically being like 49ers fans and like hoping someone throws something at you, or hoping someone spits on you or hoping someone says something very insensitive so that you can just feed the narrative like Eagles fans are just trash. Like one guy says, go back to Camden, and another guy says, yeah. get a job. <laughs> like that yeah, was and you know the guy came out that um, Latino guy came out, the Forty ers fan. He did the thing on TikTok where he was like, yo, the, the these fans are like real, and um, like you got to have thick skin and you got to be ready for it, you know. And I don't like it, to me that's that's you know <laughs> that, that that advice will like get you through a lot of things in life. You know what I mean? have a thick skin and be able to let it roll and have a laugh or whatever but you know i think like in 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 largely in my experience like when people cross the line like the people around them please that you know so i i don't i don't know really what a lot of this stuff is that people are talking about i mean you know when the guy came out and dumped popcorn on russell westbrook like two years ago or whatever it was nobody condoned that you know but we, we pointed out that there were like three other incidents in the nba that week alone yeah Somebody threw a bottle at Kyrie Irving. There was a guy yelled a racist something at um, in Utah, you know. So it was just it always when we say stuff like, "Oh, it's not just in Philadelphia." It's not because we're trying to downplay any like bad behavior that happens here. It's just that like feel like people focus on it more here without like telling the entirety of the truth, which is like there's bad shit everywhere. To me, it's the the California sports fans talking shit about Philadelphia is ridiculous. You guys like murder people out there there have been like stabbings and murders at at games in san francisco in la san francisco right nobody nobody here's killing each other all right so like let, let's let's keep things in uh in yeah, perspective but it was yeah. a real like glass houses like 
if you don't know your your own history, you're like doomed to repeat it, kind of thing. Like, yeah, Candlestick yeah. Park was a wasteland. Like Pat Bell Park or whatever it's called now is it, someone like got their head caved in, or they shot a Dodgers fan or stabbed a Dodgers fan like a couple uh, a couple uh, years ago. Yeah, stuff. you had old Candlestick. I mean, you got had Raiders, you know, Raiders fans out there. I mean, then you have like the you know the L.A. Dodgers shit that happened to get like gang related act activity out there. You know, I mean. But Eagles. it sells papers. Eagles fans sell papers. And you know what? We are putting a lot of food on the table for a lot of sports radio guys and a lot of sports analysts and a lot of sports hot take artists for the next two weeks. We are yeah. we are helping them cash checks. And like the guy who shit his pants and told us we were all frauds for partying on Broad Street. I, you know, it, it, but again, it's not about like giving those guys publicity. It's about pointing out how stupid they are. So, yeah. uh, you know, again, again, that's like a, that gets a guy like Twitter impressions, but Twitter impressions don't convert to what, what do they convert to? You know, well, sometimes but, they do. Sometimes they convert to followers and sometimes people use their followers for, Hey, look at all these followers. Let's get a new contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, but I, I, I highly doubt it. Um, yeah. Here's, yeah. Remember this one. Hang on. Last year, a Rams fan put a Niners fan in a coma at the NFC championship. <laughs> Holy shit. You know, <laughs> over football. Well, I mean, it's stupid too, because you know, like uh, Greg Giannotti at WFAN does his makes fun of like Flyers fans doing the dupe song or whatever, and he gets mm-hmm. up there and he's acting like an oompa loompa. And uh, you know, it was just last year that a Rangers fan sucker punched a Lightning fan when he wasn't even looking, knocked him out in the concourse of Madison Square Garden, which is just why I think it's so corny that everybody talks shit about Philadelphia fans because you can use myriad examples. We have like a hundred examples from just on crossing broad over the last five or six years of like, look at, look at all the stuff that's worse that's happening elsewhere. Um, Someone lost a finger. Go to Europe. Someone lost a finger at uh, the Coyotes game this year. The Coyotes game. Yeah. I had like 5,000 people in the, in the joint. It was was probably easy to find because there was only 5,000 people to interview if that, but I mean, I remember there was a story in Germany a couple years ago, this team in the Bundesliga, uh, Schalke got like relegated to the second division and there's video of like the supporters literally chasing like the owners or like the people who ran the club chasing them across the parking lot you see they're gonna like grab them and beat them up or something like that so i don't know eagles fans aren't doing that jeffrey lurie and howie roseman you know messed up like a draft or something you wouldn't have like the dirty 30 like grabbing them and like chasing them through jetro and then doing god knows what to them you know so the philly sports guy chasing jeffrey lure into his green tesla yeah be the philly captain running after him going hey dickhead you know hey dickhead (laughs) you stink and i don't like you but i mean like so what you see uh like the baseline for some of these philadelphia sports fans looks a certain way but the depth to which these other fan bases go where they're stabbing people and shooting people and chasing them through the parking lot. Like, look, just look at any European soccer ultras group, you know, if you want to see bullshit there. So I don't know. I think that's why it bothers me. It's, it's never an excuse for anything that anybody does here that crosses the line. But to, to make it a Philly thing, it's just. Oh, it's a Philly thing. Not to, oh, It's a Philly thing. Yeah. So I don't uh, know. one thing that did bother me, too, and this is just this is just peak peak Twitter, the whole Josh Sills thing that came out yesterday. I don't even think we wrote about it on the site because I know I didn't get to. I completely forgot. I don't know. It wasn't even something to get to because I don't don't think it was that big of a deal. But like some of the headlines were insane. So anyone that doesn't know, Josh Sills gets arrested. 
but nobody knows who he is. He got arrested on, I think, kidnapping and sexual assault charges on the commissioner's exempt list right now. So he still will be paid, but he will not be practicing or traveling or doing anything with the uh, with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. But some of these headlines are just insane. Like Eagles, Josh Sills indicted on rape, kidnapping charges prior to Super Bowl. Like he's actually going to or Eagles offensive lineman Josh Sills just 10 days before Philadelphia is slated to play the Chiefs. Like this guy is like Andre Dillard. Or this guy is like, um, you know, Lane Johnson or Jordan Mailata's backup or something like that. Like yeah. this guy yeah. got five snaps on special teams this year in a game. Like, and then the John Clark uh, eyeballs tweet is just hilarious in my mind because you usually reserve eyeballs tweet for like NBA trade deadline when you hear news. But the just- eyeballs is a great one though when you really don't have a fucking thought at all and you're like, let me just hit it with the eyeball emoji. Yeah, but, but eyeballs for like trade packages are like okay, that's fine. Eyeballs for like rape and and kidnapping charges. Yeah. Like what's like what's Johnny Airport's going to be on the tarmac for? Uh, uh, the extradition to Ohio for Josh Sills reporting. Oh, yeah, live. yeah. Uh, it's uh, the the eyeball thing is like when Fox News would write the headlines with the question mark. It's like we don't have a better headline to come up with. So you know, should uh, pride flags be allowed in school? Question mark. You know, because you just ask the question to the reader and <laughs> let, let them do the. They Josh Josh Sills. This is like a nothing story. Well, not, down, nothing. Not, not downplaying the allegations against him, but I mean, the guy played four special team snaps this year. I did not know who Josh Sills was. I didn't either, and he was a West Virginia guy. I forgot he transferred to Oklahoma State. It shows you how much I've watched our team in the last, uh, you know, four years as Neil Brown runs us into uh, nothingness. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just you know, TMZ says so. Ten days before the Super Bowl, dude wasn't going to play anyway. Yeah, dude was going to be on the inactive list. He's going to be watching in a jumpsuit. Now he'll be watching in a jumpsuit from an Ohio State prison. Yeah. Um, One more thing I got. For you, I got one more thing actually. You after you, well, listen, I want to. I just want to talk about the Jalen Hurts thing a sec here because I think this is important because you're seeing some of these takes creep up on uh, social media where people are saying, "Well, Jalen Hurts ended up being a great pick, huh?" And uh, you know how he yeah. how he got it right, and uh, you know stuff like that, which of which of course is uh, absent of uh, nuance and context. And so some people tried trying to relitigate like the Jalen Hurts draft pick and saying, see, they, they knew what they were doing this entire time. They did not. I mean, you give Howie credit for um, turning this thing around and putting this team back in the Super Bowl um, and having a great, another great free agent, um, you know, class. It's not a class signing a bunch of great free agents this year. But remember, like the context going into that draft is that they were nine and seven. They were coming off the playoff game where Carson got knocked out by Jadavian Clowney. They just signed him to a four-year deal worth $128 million. So fans were like saying, Hey, we need a, you know, we need another Nick Foles. We need desperately need a backup here. Right. So they were not anti-Jalen Hurts. They were anti-taking a drafting a backup quarterback in the second round. And you yeah. remember that first year, what they let Hurts do on the field was pure unmitigated bullshit. It was like Taysom Hill crap, where they'd put him in for like a stupid gimmicky you know like uh you know rpo or zone or zone they didn't even let him throw the ball they would just like do zone reads with them or something or like power powers off to the right side of the the field and so it was it wasn't that no but no eagles fan was really like oh i i can't stand jalen hurts why did they draft jalen hurts i think everybody liked jalen hurts the player but everybody was like hey we just signed this quarterback to 128 million dollars you gotta give him like weapons we need a linebacker we need all this shit you know so that that's what the take was at the time um you know, now people trying to go back and kind of redraw that to say like, oh, we were all wrong about that. No, I mean, in order for Howie to get himself out of that, all of the mistakes that he made, extending Carson Wentz, drafting Jalen Rager, he had to trade Rager, he had to trade Carson Wentz, he had to eat the largest dead cap hit 
in NFL history. They had to fire the head coach who won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so let's not like act like Howie was a genius this entire time. They really, really fucked up the end of 2019 into 2020. They did a great job digging themselves out, but you, know, you can't go back and say like, oh, they got it right. No, they didn't really have a plan at the time other than like, hey, we need another quarterback here and we're going to give them like a, a, you know, a package of like five bullshit plays. You know, so it worked out for them eventually, but it was a combination of, you know, how we pulling a lot of strings and using his uh, GM skills plus luck, you know, to a lot to, of luck to kind of get to where they are now. Yeah. So we don't, so we don't need to relitigate the. No, I mean, the, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's fair. Like for Eagles fans, you know, I remember I kind of was just like scratch my head at the pick. I wasn't, you know, I liked you. Yeah. I wasn't really like, you know, I'm not going to react to a, to a second round pick, you know, let this maybe play out and stuff. But yeah, I mean, nobody had Jalen Hurts in their uh in their in their QB one no. uh in twenty twenty. They needed a lot. I mean, they needed a lot of stuff. They needed a linebacker, they needed a corner, they needed a receiver, they drafted Rager, right, obviously. But I mean, like, you know, the guys who were on the board at that time were like Logan Wilson and Jeremy Chin and guys mm-hmm. who played a lot of games in the NFL since then. So I I don't know. I'm not saying it would have turned out differently if you surrounded Carson with with weapons and got that draft right. Because he probably would have sucked ass anyway. But you know, it, people can't. You can't redraw history. The Jalen Hurts draft pick will always be questionable because of the circumstances surrounding that draft and where the Eagles were at the time. Um, you know, and they they did a great job digging themselves out. I mean, the you, if you give where you give them credit is for realizing like, hey, Carson ain't it. You know, we got to get out of this and we got to we got to fix this up. They didn't hesitate to do that. So that's kind of where you got to steer the steer the praise if that's what you want to do. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the top 10 Eagles picks in the second round. And I think that, you know, when you look at it, you know, obviously it's a very valuable pick. I mean, Brian Dawkins was a second rounder. Sean McCoy was a second rounder. Uh, Miles Sanders, Randall Cunningham was a second rounder. Deshaun, Zach Pro, Bowl, Pro Bowlers come out of the second round every year. Yeah, I don't think yeah. – and Sheldon Brown was a second rounder. Like, I, you know, you're you're expecting your second rounder to maybe start his first year, definitely his second year. And to draft a quarterback, like you just said, that you paid a guy $128 million. Yeah, yeah. Like anyone that was mad at the pick was – was okay for being mad at the pick, especially when you just said all the fills, all the holes we had to fill. And everything. you created like, all this. You remember you created all this QB controversy shit too at the same time because true. it was like, okay, Carson was nine and seven. He won four straight games. Bob will say that all those teams sucked, you know, but whatever. I'm in there I mean, too. They'll say suck. that all those teams sucked, but he got, but remember, this is the thought it was like, okay, he got the nine and seven. He got himself into the playoffs. Maybe he had kind of played himself out of Nick Foles' shadow finally. Right. So for then he he gets injured, he gets a concussion, and then they draft another quarterback in the second round. It's like, you know, all of that goodwill that you finally put some of the Foles stuff aside, and then you, you create this quarterback bullshit again right on top of it. You know, so the circumstances surrounding it, they just really failed with all of that. Um, they dug themselves out of it and they realized this ain't going to work. And this guy that they drafted just ended up being nobody knew Jalen Hurts was going to be an MVP candidate. So, well, I mean, if they would have just listened to everybody who called into WIP, who, you know, is taking credit for the Eagles playoff success. This would have been fixed way sooner, and we would have been in the Super Bowl last year and the year before yeah. that. Yeah. We would have never been in here before. Let me see if I can get this over to Craig. They really mismanaged, though, the years immediately after the Super Bowl. And maybe that's just Howie's, Howie's strength is, uh, you know, I got a quarterback on an entry-level contract. Let's pack it with, you know, great free agents here, you know. And he got those. He got the 2021 draft right. He got the 2022 draft right. But – yeah, you know, the the two drafts prior to that, and like the, what they were doing with contracts and trying to trying to get a second Super Bowl there. I mean, they really really underachieved um, from a front office perspective. So, 
Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think a lot of that criticism was probably justified. Okay, you got this thing. Yeah, so this is uh, this is on Angelo's show. The Eagles blew up. Are you? Jesus, turn that down. Holy fuck. Um, so this is a WIP caller calling in and just being like, the the coaches finally listened to all the WIP callers that told him to run the ball and stop playing soft zone. Go ahead. Feeling my brother. Jesus. Man, I'm good, man. I'm good. How you feeling? I'm doing great. I want a victory. I want to beat Andy Reid. All right, listen, I got to say something based off of a caller that called in and said something about these coordinators, Angelo. Yeah. Do you realize that we beat the brakes off of these teams the way we did because they finally freaking listened to what we said and not that stupid soft defense and that come out passing? They ran the ball. We blew the teams out. We held time of possession. Everything we've been calling for, they finally did. And that's why the outcome is what it is, not because they're great coordinators. That's what these pro-Gannon people are failing to realize. That is an excellent analysis. You're reacting to what Andy the Troll was saying. Here's the thing, South. They moved up. Um, I hate him for just just giving into these mouth breathers. I fucking hate him for just like, allowing these mouth breathers to just think they're right yeah yeah it's terrible well well right you could uh you know you could sell it as though you are the uh the voice of the philadelphia sports fan and you uh you know allow them to share their thoughts and you give them you know this this outlet i look at it as platforming morons but um you know, I I'm not surprised. I mean, it was the same show that uh, when the Eagles lost their first game, they asked if Jonathan Gannon should be uh, should be fired, and now we're in the Super Bowl, and Gannon's talking about gutting the opponents. So, um, do you imagine if it came out that uh, Jonathan Gannon and the coaches they never actually game plan; they just listened to WIP from six in the in the morning until <laughs> six in the afternoon for twelve hours, and they're like. Yeah. After every after every game, we're like, you know what? That's what we should be doing because you know yeah. Chuck from Mount Airy said we should be running the ball more. We shouldn't be playing soft zone as much. Yeah, that would be I awesome. just picture them all sitting around at Novacare being like, okay, um, so Eagle Shirley wants us to run the ball. Uh, <laughs> you know, Herb from the Northeast thinks we got to play more man coverage. Then they design the whole you know, alt right shark thinks yeah. that we should uh, play more zone. So <laughs> how he walks into Nick's Nick's office and goes, did you just hear what her from Northeast said? Kind of yeah. had a good point. How is it? And Nick's like, I did. I was just going to come over to your office. I'm glad you got to me. Let's write this down. Let's go see. So let's go check some films. See if her from the Northeast is right. Yeah. Um, like Zan Garrow is at the press conference and he says, so what's it like in the quarterback room uh, on a typical week? And they say, well, we just listened to WIP and then we put together our game plan from there. Every game I mean, plan would be the same. Uh, they would just they would just run it seventy times. And if you ask Julian Love from the Giants, I mean, he would agree with every WIP caller because he says yeah. that Nick Sirianni, uh, anyone could coach the Eagles. Could be Nick Sirianni. Could be Jeff Saturday. Yeah. Could be Bill Belichick. Anyone? Well, anyone could take. You could take the equipment manager in the Eagles locker room right now. Put him at the helm with everything they've got. Mm-hmm. And they'd be in the Super Bowl right now, according to Julian Love, who the uh, Eagles beat three times this year. And I'm sure there's no sour grapes there. So would you say that Nick Nick Sirianni is a system coach? Yes, like you can just plug. You can plug anybody in there. Yeah, 100. Um, but here's the thing that here's the thing about that. Like delegation is a skill in and of itself. You know, 
It's like knowing when to be involved and when not to be involved and when to take a step back and when to empower the people around you, you know? I think year number one, Nick was calling plays. He was talking to the media for the first time. He was designing game plan. He was doing all this shit, right? So you got to take a step back and you got to let people do what they were hired to do, you know? I mean, all the stuff that he's like been involved in, like clock management, timeout, usage, uh, challenge flags and stuff. Do you remember a single complaint about any of that this year? Not really. No, yeah. pick, play, pick plays is the only is the thing I pick feel plays. like we only complained about last year. Yeah, a lot. That's that is is completely been not a lot of flags, not a lot of penalty flags. You know, I mean, like the things that he's like largely in control of from a from a macro level. I mean, like um, somebody's got to manage all that. You you can be like, you know, how we say like quarterbacks are like game managers. Um, well, if you're a head coach who doesn't call plays, you you're like a you manage the team. You know, mm-hmm. you create that ecosystem. Like you motivate guys in the locker room. I mean, it's all it's all bullshit anyway. Yeah. <laughs> The defensive coordinator does the defense. You got Jeff Stoutland. You got Shane Steichen doing his thing. Nick Sirianni's got a guide. He's got to guide the ship, right? You know, he's got to steer the ship, right? I think I got my metaphor. My, I got my uh, cliches mixed up there. He's got to steer the ship. No, like it. I said, I mean, there's a lot of people making a lot of money off of uh, off of anti eagle sentiment mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole crossing broad is a very negative. Like Fred Warner said. Fred Warner's wife said, very negative, dark energy on Crossing dark. Broad right now. Is there dark energy coming out? Yeah. I think there's some dark energy on the blog right now no, because we're not, we're not talking about like, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, befriending a kid with cancer and uh, and befriending his family. We're talking no, we'll about get like, to all that. We'll get to all that. I mean, we got two weeks until the Super Bowl. We won't right. do any more San Francisco Niners shit. No, we're all done with that. Yeah, but it's we're just done. like, so there's so much of like, uh, crazy salty weird viral kind of stuff going on it's like you know we're gonna do that for three or four days afterwards and then we'll flip it to kelsey bowl you know whoa, whoa, whoa. We, they don't want it to be called the kelsey bowl even though they're selling a shirt with the kelsey bowl uh logo on it okay but they don't want it to be called the kelsey bowl okay all right well you know we'll do all that next week we'll get in we'll do some stats we'll do some good we'll do some real journalism you know i'll give you some some breakdown we'll break down the matchups of the super but yeah we'll do all that shit but uh <clears throat> yeah this was a kind of decompress and uh react riff and react kind of week you know what i'm saying yeah i feel like it's gonna be a boring super bowl week i really do i, I just there's like it should be that's a good yeah, thing. i i think it's gonna be a really boring super bowl week i'm trying to remember the big the big thing in 2018 was like tom brady's hand like I, there wasn't any like mm-hmm. shit talking there wasn't any bulletin board material between either teams like obviously yeah. you know belichick comes from basically the saban-esque era where it's like everything's rat poison and, and all that we're not gonna give him any bulletin no. board material but I, but I remember, like, do you remember what was like the headline going into, going into the Super Bowl? It was basically Tom Brady's hand, and can the underdog Eagles win? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that was probably it. You know, um, there wasn't any kind of overarching theme. The teams weren't really rivals. You know, how can you be when you're in different conferences? You know, but there, yeah, there wasn't one big. You know, I, I remember, you know, the 2005 Super Bowl or whatever. I mean, it was just Terrell Owens' injury just every mm-hmm. single day. What's up with T.O.? What's up with T.O.? You know, but yeah, I mean, this time around or that time around, there wasn't really much of anything. It was the same backdrop throughout the playoffs. It was just the underdogs kind of thing, you know, and the Patriots of the evil empire. And that was, that was at least the local perspective on it, you know, but there wasn't any, yeah, there wasn't any like kind of overarching theme beyond that. I don't think the national people were talking about anything other than Brady. So, you think Nick Bosa watches it? Of course he does. I do so. Yeah, everybody watches. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, both both of those guys are just 
doofuses, man. They're doorknobs. Not They're very smart. Doorknobs. Yeah, not dumber, dumber than a box of rocks, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, might, every be, time they they might not be given boxes of rocks enough credit there, you know? But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think you they want to. frack those two and, get, and, and extract some oil. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, send the uh, dr- drill down there, you know? Yeah, I, I hope we don't lose. I hope we didn't alienate our anti-fracking portion of the crossing you think there's a big venn diagram of anti-fracking people and crossing broad readers 100 percent. i think there are a lot of them a lot of them uh replied underneath the big fendi meme there's no comment there'll be no comment on that (laughs) (laughs) that's probably the guy who took craig's cat that's probably one of the ones who took craig's camera there's rumors there's rumors that's that's what we 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 kind of came to to that uh to that solution to that uh we arrived at that well, I'm going to have to come down to one of these ones because, you know, in TV, they have field producers, right? It's kind of a bullshit job, but like you camera guy, there's a reporter and then there's like somebody kind of steers it from there. You know, I can do that and kind of run security. At the same well, I can't wait until AI, AI takes, uh, takes Craig's job and then mm-hmm. AI takes my job. Um, <laughs> if there's any man on the street robots... Get the big Fendi meme off the fucking, off the fucking channel. Um, yeah, so I'm waiting Probably for AI. Yeah. To, I'm waiting for AI to take uh, Craig's job. Chat, and, G- uh, chat GPT. Uh, yeah. Chat GPT on the streets. You know, if Boston Dynamics makes a man on the street robot who's funnier, better looking, and taller than me, I'm yeah. absolutely fucked. Do people always try to grab the microphone from you? uh i hold on to that i white knuckle the shit out of that yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. they they want to talk and they like oh, move want to pull it towards them well too. they also like some people like grab the top of the microphone like they're fucking like ripping off like 32 bars right now and stuff yeah. like yeah yeah like, well like, 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 like lamb shot the white rapper yeah he's yeah. Yeah. i like how we're having by the way too i like how in some of your videos there are now like repeat um characters characters on it yeah it's like the new york knicks video that we were watching like the knicks are fucking here like they we had the blasio yeah we had the blasio we had the blasio we had cuomo it was rough shit but one dude actually made me laugh he commented on the video and was like eagles fans are kind of like knicks fans except their comedic timing is just way off and i was like you know what? that's fair that's, that's fair yeah, yeah, yeah it's just more like organized chaos than anything yeah. it's just a lot of yelling um yeah, Philadelphia fans like roast each other, but I feel like feel like people in New York just like roast each other every single day at every single minute at every single second of the week. So their comedic timing and their like insults are just so much funnier yeah. than than Philadelphia because it's just a lot of like blue collar people who are just like, well, you know what? Well, uh, well fuck you, fuck Rock Purdy. Yeah, like we like uh, I was at a, I was at a comedian I was at a comedian last uh, last night. And um, he came out, of course, with like, man, nothing like, you know, a chant that spells your guy's team name out. Like, man, yeah. that's really you guys. Yeah. You guys uh, prove that you're not illiterate. <laughs> I was like, I, okay, do like the guy. I, li- I do like the people, though, who don't really they're trying to think of something to say. They don't have really anything like like in- interesting to say. Or so they just go, Brock Purdy, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Short, simple, yeah. right there. And uh you know what? Nine times out of ten, that's making the video. So it, it yeah. ain't. You know, this isn't. Uh, this isn't quantum physics. Everybody, just say what you got to say. No, we're not uh, filming like uh, Inception here or anything. This is man on the street. You know. So. All right. You got anything else before we head hit the road? Nah. Nah, man. 
Uh, I need Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week will be here. Yeah, next week we'll talk about football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, break it down. Maybe I hit up Beasley. I'll see if Beasley wants to come on. Beasley Reese? Yeah, I'll have to hit him up. All right. Try to get All him right. to come in and talk about Jonathan Gannon and zone. He was a defensive back. All right. In the All NFL right. for five years. So. All right. So, all right. Well, hey, thank you to Kevin. Thank you to the listener. Thank you to Ryan Sayers for coming on. If you get a chance, go to the Elite Core Center. Go watch some uh, 6 o'clock bath. 6 o'clock on a Sunday is a terrible time. Uh, but it's 6 o'clock on a Sunday, uh, number three, Houston versus Temple. Thank you to Craig on the ones and twos. Don't touch the camera or it'll bite your fucking face off. And uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday.